listening to Rattle and Pedal, diversion thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Your hosts are Jason Malicki and Jeff McKay. Hey, Jeff, how you doing? I'm doing well, Jason, and you? I am great. So what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about why your marketer doesn't understand your business. Is that what we agreed to talk about? <laughs> That's what we're going to talk about. That's what we're going to talk I about. It's going to be a very emotional discussion. For you or for me? For listeners. <laughs> for listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Well, you know, it's funny because you had written an article on this and you said, hey, read this article and then we'll talk about it. And of course, you know, I, I've been a little overwhelmed this week, so I did not read the article. And I have some hypotheses, but I guess I'm curious. Well, maybe that the first question is, what makes you say that marketers don't understand the business and, and, and how pervasive is this problem? I guess maybe is the, the big question. That's a great question. Let me throw one back to you. Okay. You have worked in professional services for quite a while. Have you ever heard a partner or business leader say, I don't think our marketer understands our business? I don't think I've ever heard anybody explicitly state it to me, but I've certainly heard it being implied from leaders, you know, when they're trying to describe their frustration with the performance of their marketing effort or whatever. So I've definitely heard it. I guess to answer my own question that I posed to you, I don't know that I know how pervasive that would be the case. I guess I don't have a hypothesis on that. I mean, do you? Do you think that's something that's more frequent than not? Or is it half the time? Or It would be a great research question to ask. I think the answer is probably somewhere in the realm of the soft bigotry of low expectations. It's one of those things that only the most aggressive and I think boisterous partners or business leaders would say. And I don't think they would ever say that to a marketer, at least verbally. But I think it's communicated regularly and consistently non-verbally in a lot of firms. Okay. Now that I can totally agree with, you know, in that they're not giving the marketers organizational authority to make, you know, big strategic decisions. They're not even giving them authority over their own spend. I mean, we see that with marketers where they might have a budget, but they still have to go get approval to spend the budget that was agreed upon. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, when you pose this topic or when this topic came to be, you know, as we're talking about it, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, it reminds me of your optimal marketing organization framework. And that I, I would think that if you have a growth oriented marketing model, that you would never feel this way as a partner or a principal because you're giving the marketer domain to create future growth and future value for the firm. And if you're operating under a productivity school, you probably feel this way a lot because you're putting them in a box and asking them to support your sales function solely. And then you're shocked when, you know, you sort of push them into a downstream function and then they don't, they, they, they don't have the, they're not pushing back with upstream ideas. Is that a valid comment or an invalid comment? I think that's absolutely right. I think it does start with that marketing school of thought. What is marketing's function? And, you know, in most professional services firms, you know, the line are very smart people. They're very technical. They're very savvy. They go very deep into very obscure areas, you know, whether that's accounting, tax, IT, and you know, they take pride in that work and have spent years accumulating that knowledge. And I think that leads them to believe that non-technical people can't understand the business. Mm. And I think there's two dimensions to the business and it gets misdefined. 
one is, you know, the technical nature and they're right. Most non-technical people who are not doing that technical work every day and getting continuing education in that technical work every year are never going to achieve the same level of understanding of that dimension of the And nor should they, right? Right. I agree. The other part of that, though, is understand the business. And the business, (laughs) no matter what you're selling, is business, right? It's about identifying client needs, developing solutions to those needs, and then delivering on those solutions, right? Okay. So two sides of business. So there's there's a technical side of the business you're arguing, the technical skills that are the main of the practitioners, but then there's the business side of business, which is just how you take those skills to market, create demand for them and open up opportunity and revenue for the firm. And I guess the, the question I would have on that then is, is the issue that the marketer doesn't understand the former or the latter or both? In, I in my it's former, experience, right? it's both. Really? Yes. Wow. But I think most business leaders make the comment in the context of the technical side. Yeah. Because I think most of the technical people are weaker on the business side as well, but they don't admit that. And I think just like technical people having to learn to sell or avoiding selling, the business side is... Having to learn how to avoid to sell? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the exact same thing, right? (laughs) Selling is a skill. Business is a skill. And I think they need developmental work in that side just as much, if not more than a marketer. But I don't think they're as self-aware about that. Yeah. And it's easy to say, well, you know, they're just marketers. They don't understand that. In my Mm. experience, working across, you know, so many different types of firms and so many different geographies that partners wrestle with the business side. Just a simple thing for marketers. I don't even want to say that. It's not simple. It is complex. It is a skill in order to intelligently and strategically segment markets. And I think strategic marketers see the importance of that and they have a capability of doing it. Most partners and business leaders see segmentation as a functional buyer, industry, and company size, right? And yeah, but I think we're, I feel like we're getting a little off topic, right? Aren't we? Aren't we? I mean, maybe we're not. But so you're saying the business leader looks at segmentation as a demographic problem. What are the demographic segments that we want to go after? And a great seasoned strategic marketer looks at segmentation as a psychographic behavioral problem. How do we segment into, you know, the types of clients that we'd like to attract based on how they're looking at the market and how that shapes our view of it as well? I mean, is that what you're saying? Or did I I misunderstand you entirely? No, I think that's in large part. And I just throw that out as an example. Okay. I'm sorry. I got it. So a partner said, hey, I have my arms around this business dimension of market segmentation in order to drive growth better than my marketer because of my technical understanding. I know who the buyer is. Yeah. And I just don't see that play out intelligently beyond just that, you know, kind of broad based demographic segmentation as an example. That's a valid example because I mean, I, I, I think of firms that I think struggle even with just broad based demographic segmentation. You know, they, 
They're not really sure where they want to compete, what types of clients they really want to bring to the table. It's fuzzy. I mean, they might have a loose understanding, but if, if you ask them, well, who are your ideal clients? You know, there's just way too many firms that really don't have any answer to that. So there could be an organizational design issue, as we kind of posited with your optimal marketing organization in, in that podcast. Could be a cultural issue, right? Like maybe the organization has the right structure, marketing's in the right place, but they have no organizational respect. So even though you have the talent and you've got the right structure, you don't have culturally the willingness to let them lead their, their, in their domain. It could be a skills issue, right? Meaning that you just don't have the right person in the right seat. Could be a behaviors issue. They're, they're just working on the wrong things for one reason or another. I mean, I'm throwing all these out there, I guess, to kind of help you say, well, let's rein it in. You know, what, what are the, what do you think are the, the, the main causes of this problem, setting aside how pervasive the problem might be? I think you've touched on some of the important ones. Or am I missing one? So there are other ones. Like, oh, Jason, you missed a big well, one. Well, I think the one that firms like to use is we just have the wrong person in the role. Right. And this is why you see that Mm. phenomenon of firms selecting marketers that are strategic and then they're tactical. They're from professional services. They're anything but professional services. But this is the easiest one for firms to just glom onto wrong person, get rid of the person and get someone new. Yeah, bad hire. Yeah, yeah, but that confuses the person in the role to a large degree, right? So I think that's the that's the most obvious one. If they are to hire a strategic marketer, that's kind of a starting place. But most firms don't do that, right? They they hire or evolve kind of narrow roles, right? It's how marketing evolved. They move a executive assistant into event management or start managing CRM or, you know, they hire somebody that handles communication or design. And that person has some management ability and they kind of build out, you know, a communications team behind them. But they still are communication or non-business based. The right person for yeah. the type of marketer is going to understand it is more business based, right? They're not communications people. They're business people. They've come up through operations or technology or sales or have broader base experience in the functional areas. Very seldom do you see that. The one exception might be putting in a partner to oversee marketing and designating that person as a business person, but we've kind of already covered that. It's a different type of business person when you do that. And then they seem to be weak in both areas, but they have enough in both to get them into the role. You know, as you say all that, it strikes me that, well, there's a couple of things that come out of that to me. One is when, when, I, when this issues come up for me, I sometimes think it's a sense of, of unrealistic expectations. So the, the partner is frustrated that the marketer is not more strategic and not more sort of pushing the envelope of where, where the firm should be going and sort of helping set strategic direction. Um, what they want is a CMO, but what they've hired is more of a director level or below. They've hired someone who's tasked with present value, mm-hmm. tasked with today, and they want someone who's tasked with tomorrow, but they haven't really hired for what's in their head. 
so I, I kind of have the sense that maybe there's a, there's also another reason, which would be unrealistic expectations. And the other thing that your comments raised in my head was, you know, how frequently in the professions and professional services firms, marketing and communications are sort of just melded together, right? And I, I don't know that there's a clear understanding. The flip of this would be, I don't know that a lot of practice leaders really have thought deeply about, especially in smaller firms, that those are two separate skills and functions. I mean, there's a, you know, you go to a university, there is a marketing program and there is a communications program. Those are run in separate colleges in mm-hmm. Ohio State, for instance. They're a world apart, but I, I don't know that firms always realize that. I think they kind of think of them as the same thing. No, I think you're Maybe absolutely right. I think that's the root of the issue. What is marketing? What is marketing? It goes back to yeah. the two schools of thought. One, it's a communication function. The other, you know, it's a strategic growth function. And the partners think they have that covered, and they just don't. You're listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on growing your professional services firm. Your hosts are Jason Malicki, principal of Rattleback, the marketing agency for professional services firms, and Jeff McKay, former CMO and founder of strategy consultancy Prudent Pedal. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to Jason and Jeff. So I have a big question for you then. If I'm a partner listening to this podcast, or I'm just a partner in general, or I'm a senior leader in a firm, and I've got this feeling, hey, I think that my marketer doesn't get this business. What should I do? Where do I start? Or what, what should I be thinking about maybe is the, is the broader question. Wow, that's a great question. I think the first question, and I sound like a broken record on this, is what are you trying to achieve, <laughs> right? For our younger listeners, a record is a thing that used to play music <laughs> back in like the 70s and 80s. <laughs> I'm teasing. Keep going. You know, what, what are you trying to achieve and what role is marketing going to play in that? And you have to fundamentally answer that. And if it's going to drive growth, yeah. and then what does that mean? And I, I don't think most firms jump in there. And we've covered some of that on other podcasts and a lot of our thought leadership. But you got to be clear on where you're going. Yeah. And then what type of marketer are you going to need to get there? What does the role look like? You know, and I've outlined kind of key roles that you need on marketing with a big M, not a little M as in the function that you need in order to drive growth. So you have to have clarity on, on what you expect of marketing, clarity on where you're trying to go, and hence what you need from the function. Those are the three first yeah. things. And then what were you going to say? And then I think that? you I'm have sorry. to have the courage to hire somebody to fill that, right? Because somebody that gets yeah. into this role that's actually going to have an impact is going to have gravitas. They're going to have an opinion. They're going to push back. They're going to challenge you. And that's what you want from a person in this role. They want to say, hey, that's not going to work or you're going to go off the cliff or that's not a good use of firm resources there's a better way of doing it. And that this role makes the partner stronger, not just, you know, insulting them, making them stronger, being part of the team that makes them better. And I don't think most partners, and I keep saying that, think that way. They call marketing in when they want to make something pretty that has already been thought out, already driven through, and it just needs to be pretty. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of thought leadership, the how thought leadership gets developed. And and I know 
from our research and our work with the Bloom Group and Bob Bidet on this topic, one of the, the things that we found through research and a lot through his experience as well is just that the, the firms that are most successful with thought leadership tend to give more responsibility to the marketing function, meaning that they're more comfortable bringing in someone who's got the ability to help shape the mm-hmm. ideas. So the partner says, hey, I, I don't need a writer. I need someone to come and help me shape my idea. Help me figure out really, is this a compelling argument? How do I craft it into a unique point of view? How do I turn that into prose? So they're, they're hiring, you know, Bob always likes to say they're hiring idea developers, not stenographers. And I think that on some levels, I wonder if the mindset that we talked about earlier, this notion of the marketer doesn't understand the business from a technical aspect because you hear that a lot, right? The partner saying, well, nobody else can write this. I'm the only one who could possibly write this. They don't know how to do this. But the, the firms of the most successful thought leadership programs tend to kind of take mm-hmm. the other tack, right? They give actually more participation because they know how to tell a story. And I wonder if, I don't know where I was going with all that, but I, I think that the, it's a similar issue where this feeling of maybe not letting go, you know, not wanting to let go of something from the senior leader's perspective or the, or the subject matter expert's perspective. I think that's exactly right. It's peer review, right? One-to-one kind of peer review of challenging the thinking, putting it through a crucible of both, you know, solid business thinking, but also a client perspective. Why would that be important to a client? What client would that be important? Well, if you're positioning that way, What would a competitor say about that? Or what's an alternative thought to that? I mean, it's just there's a whole litany of questions, critical thinking questions that are needed in that case. And I think, you know, what you and Bob did around that is a microcosm of what we're Mm -hmm. talking about here, because it all starts with thought leadership. Most of the clients I work with have a strong point of view, but unarticulated point of view or a incomplete point of view. And the value that they see from what I bring is really tearing those ideas apart and then rebuilding them in a way that their ideal client will actually connect with them, right? And have those ideas resonate. And I think what you're articulating in this podcast is that that's what they're expecting from their their marketing function and for one reason or another they're not feeling like they're getting that now i wonder so when we first started this discussion i'll admit to being a little bit feeling like it was a little bit attacking of the marketing functions in a lot of the firms that we both deal with that you know it's like almost criticizing the people in those roles and and it scared me a little bit but as we've been talking about it i wonder if on some level do we have it backwards you know is, is the issue that not that the marketer doesn't understand the business but that the leaders of the firm don't understand what to do with marketing. Mm, yes. So, so, and maybe that's too extreme to, to jump to the other side of it. But maybe there's there's two sides to this story, right? The one side one is that the marketer is not totally getting it for a whole mm-hmm. list of reasons. But the other side too is that the partners aren't getting it either. Or the senior not partners is extreme, but the senior leaders or, or whoever you describe inside the firm. So there's really two dimensions here. There always is, isn't there? Hmm. Well, you know, you always got to put yourself in the other person's shoes and understand what their perspective Mm -hmm. is. I think they both, they're kind of like Republicans and Democrats, right? They actually sat down and talked and tried to understand the other person's perspective. They could get a lot more done. But I think, you know, there's some personal responsibility on both sides' parts. And the marketer has to have a desire to learn 
business. But a lot of marketers self-define as, right? I'm a designer. I'm a writer. I'm a fill in your, your blank. And they don't have a desire to learn anymore. Partners or, or line people could say the same things. X, technical expert. I'm a partner. Just do what I ask you to do because they don't want to delve into that. But what they both want to do is help the firm grow and be successful. So by aligning around that goal and actually sharing some goal related to that strategic impact that helps the firm grow, you can begin to bring those together. The partners, I think, need to make time and be very purposeful in developing the marketer, right? Normally, when there's an industry show or something that a marketer goes to, if they even go, they're normally setting up a booth and standing in a booth. Well, maybe those roles should change and the partner should stand in the booth and the marketer should be in the continuing ed classes learning how, you know, the new tax law is going to impact business or how this new technology might be applied to operations or, you know, how a new building material might be applied to architecture or whatever the case may be. But you hardly ever see that. Nobody proactively does it. Nobody wants to fight on either side to actually get that done. And I think that's where you start to to see change. There's an old discussion in the marketing community about alignment of sales and marketing. And this is sort of the same thing. It's sort of like, how do you get alignment between marketing and the broader leadership of the business. And you're saying that they kind of need to find a way to meet each other in the middle, because I think, you know, it's an interesting comment because I, you know, when I listen to marketers, they have ideas of what they think the firm should be doing and they get frustrated that they don't feel like the senior folks are listening. But maybe the flip of that to your point is leaders are frustrated because they don't feel like the ideas they're bringing back from their sources of learning on what's changing in the marketplace that the marketers are interested in listening. So it's sort of a it's sort of a chasm between the two that they need to find a way to close. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I think that's a pretty good spot to to, to end. I don't think you could summarize this whole podcast up better than I just did, could you? I mean, is it possible? <laughs> well, I, I would just say this. You know where I think it it begins and where it starts yeah. to come together is around marketing or ROI and and metrics. Because mm, yeah. if you don't have facts. If you're not objectively saying this works, this doesn't work, we tried this and this were the results, then it's just all opinion. But until you start grounding it in some kind of performance other than number of white papers produced, then you're not going to make much of a headway. But it is a mindset shift. And I think that's the hardest thing. Marketing and professional services is a communication function. And until that changes, you're going to have the status quo. In God we trust, all those bring data. <laughs> all right, thanks, thanks, Jason. Thank you for listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Find content related to this episode at rattleandpedal.com. Rattle and Pedal is also available on iTunes and Stitcher.